Greetings and welcome to Sean and Elliot Read the Bible. It's the official podcast of the Holy Bible brought to you by the brilliant, wonderful, lovely people at Bible Corp. They're good people. They are. And this is a fun podcast. It certainly is. You are Sean McLaughlin. I am Sean McLaughlin. You're Elliot Fallows. I am Elliot Fallows. Thank you for listening. You're having fun? You are. We're going through three books in this one. Yeah, triple whammy. It's a triple whammy. Three small books in a row. Boom, bang, boom. Yeah? Yeah. You happy with that? Yeah. I wonder if that will make the edit. Well, I think uh, I'm the guy who decides, so... That does seem like a meme-worthy quote. (laughs) Boom, bang, boom, says Elliot (laughs) Fallows. The photo is you looking out to sea. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's about right. It's about right. Yeah. Uh, Three little books that we're going to co- cover today, mm-hmm. and it should, it should be a fun time. It will be. We've got some coffee, we've got some satsumas. we got some soggy granola. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you pull out your soggy granola and join us on this fun adventure? Christ alive. Three weeks in a row we've been coming to your listeners. I think it's starting to really affect us. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. So we begin with the show, as we try and legitimise ourselves as fun audio entertainers. <laughs> yes, the legitimisation process is underway. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that even saying that phrase probably puts it into doubt, doesn't it? No. I think nowadays people want their entertainment as meta and as labelled as possible. So if it is just us trying to suddenly get a radio show... We need to say right now, that's what this is. And it's an attempt for that. People like that genuineness. We, we right? would be so at sea if we had a radio show. We've done this once a week for three weeks. I think we And we it. don't have anything to talk about yeah, because we, we have such boring lives. Radio hosts have interesting lives. The, the, they go to parties. They, they wear belts. I wear a belt. You Are you wearing a belt right now? Yeah, look at that thing. Oh, that's not a belt. It's a shoelace. Oh, yeah, it works as a belt. It works as a belt. Things a belt if it goes around your waist. <laughs> I mean, you think, would that be a good feature on our, our radio show? <laughs> Is it a belt? Is it a belt? Is it? <laughs> that's the theme tune. <laughs> Is it a belt? Yeah. And then what happens? Listeners call up and go, yes or no? Yeah. Okay. All right. So we, let's, okay. All right. Let's, all right. Let's do, let's do an episode of our perspective radio show. Okay. Okay. What would we be called? Short and early in the morning? No, we're we're whiz banging the kid. I don't know which one of those three I'd rather be the least. <laughs> well, you're gonna have to make a choice right now as we start. Whiz banging the kid, 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 kid. But with these with these sort of shows don't really exist in Britain. That's the problem. Yeah, but we can bring them over. Like that's the gap in the market, right? It's sort of. I'm basing this totally off spoofs of them I've seen on American sitcoms. Yeah, and I think that's fine to do because. Most people listening probably know them through that as well, right? Where's Where's Bag? I'm the kid. <laughs> All right, am I Whiz Bag and you're the kid? Uh, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. Um, and we've got loads of sound effects, but our sound effects wouldn't be. You know, like they usually have like famous and funny sound effects. Ours would be. <laughs> they'd be the things they'd we be can so afford. inappropriate. They just go, <laughs> "Whoa, he's won the competition!" and press the button, and it's just like like that bit in District Nine where he goes, "I didn't, I didn't have sex with no fucking prawn." <laughs> 
That's right, you'll be going home with a Ferrari <laughs> calendar. <laughs> Where's back? And the kid. Kid. Are we on in the morning or drive time? I think we're a lovely brunch time show. I <laughs> hope you're out there enjoying your soggy granola. La, la. Soggy, soggy, so- soggy. Soggy, soggy, soggy. And then we press like a button. It's flubber. <laughs> That's right. A clip from Robert Williams is flubber. <laughs> it's flub, flub, flubber. <laughs> that would be such a funny job. Is to come up with all the least appropriate... <laughs> The least appropriate sound film effects clips. from films. Those, yeah. Okay. Welcome to Whiz... Was it Whiz Bang and the Kid? Whiz Bang and the Kid. All right. So we're on brunch. Yep. And what, what time is that then? What's that? Like a, half ten, eleven? Eleven. Half eleven, ten. I think eleven's easiest brunch, isn't it? Eleven's is. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're on at eleven to what? Two? No, because that covers lunch. I think it's eleven till quarter past eleven. <laughs> I don't think... I don't think we're in a position where we can ask this from a radio station. Hey, we want to do Whiz Kid in the Bag from 11 to 11.15. Whiz Bang and the Kid, idiot. <laughs> Whiz Kid and the Bang. They're our nemeses. <laughs> Brad and Keel, come on the radio. All right, let's, all right let's, let's do an episode of it, okay? Okay, all right. Let's do, all right, anyone listening from... Is there any radio station you want to do on particularly? Like BBC Berkshire? <laughs> BBC Berkshire, you're listening? BBC Radio BBC Radio Counties Berkshire. Yeah. Alright, okay. I mean what else have they got? Name one show on that on that station. Um You can't. Well Nobody can. Yeah. Exactly. So, um okay. So eleven AM to eleven fifteen AM. Yep. Okay. Here's the episode. Are we gonna make a jingle for it or should we just make one up now? You're listening to Whiz Bang in the Queue. Hi, Berkshire! All the people out there in Reading and other towns in Berkshire. It's Whizbang and the Kid! Alright there, Chucks, it's me, the Kid! <laughs> what have you been up to this week, the Kid? Oh, what haven't I been up to? <laughs> oh, kissing? Sure. Okay! Uh, we've got some weather and the competition soon. We have to guess how many car horns is in the car. How many car horns is in our car? Is it still one? Find out later. Find out later. Hey, tell you what I was doing on Thursday night. What? I was down Flamos. Whoa, I love Flamos on Berkshire Street in Berkshire. Of course, they've got a great deal on blue cocktails. Blue cocktails. And then maybe can we get another blue related like a, a button I press and it's like a Smurf going, I'm Smurfed! Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm yeah, sure yeah. that exists. If yeah, it yeah. doesn't, then I'll use that. Okay. Smurf, 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 Smurf! And if you want to be Smurf later, <laughs> I'll tell you what you can do if you don't want to feel blue, is you can just turn a light on. Seasonal affective disorder does affect people, even as spring is approaching. It's Whizkid of the Bang! Whiz Bang <laughs> and the Kid, I mean! Whizkid and the Bang! The, who's the calling? What? <laughs> Who's calling her? Oh, it's someone calling. Hi, what's your name? Where are you from? Oh, I'm Sandra. I'm calling from Central Berkshire. <laughs> Central Berkshire? What part? What's the one you said earlier? Reading. Reading! <laughs> we love Reading! 
And then we just go, ah, ah, ah. I'm red, abadie. <laughs> I'm redding, dabadie, sure. dabadie. Sure. Okay, what do you want to say, Sandra, was it? Uh-huh. Yeah, what, do you, what, what have you got to say? Open casket, funeral, <laughs> next week on Thursday from your sister. Flowers optional, please donate to a favourite charity. Okay, let me just play this film clip from The Godfather. I, 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 I know it was you, Fredo. I know it was you, and it breaks my heart. She died of heart, of a heart attack. Here's a new song from Taylor Swift. And then we'll play that, uh-huh. and then we come back, and we've must have done most of the episode now anyway. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's so, 15 minutes. Is it 15 minutes? Sure. So that was it. Whiskey in the bang. bang Whiz bang and the kid. <laughs> what have you got to say, kid? <laughs> I just want to be appreciated and recognised for who I am. That's great. Kid Kiddington. Come down Flamos tonight to meet your favourite DJs, Whiz, Ki- Whiz Bang and the Kid. We'll be there drinking blue cocktails. Uh, bye. <laughs> it's stressful. Yeah, well, I don't know how they do that. I don't either. How they do they must do be, that? They must be so terribly divorced from their families, right? I mean, God. Chris yeah. Evans is a talent. I never really appreciated that. He's a talented guy. Is that what he's doing on the radio now? Well, I guess they, they just have to keep talking, don't they? Yeah, I guess At so. least, they, you know, they, they don't have the Bible to fall back on. Yeah, which we do. And we will be shortly. Yes. Uh, let's dive into it, I think. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's get it going. My, I've got a headache after that. Really? Yeah. Okay. Whiz-bang whiz, whiz and the kid. We should, we'd be good on the radio, I think. Do you think? I don't. <laughs> the I, fact that we've done three weeks in a row and already it's re- I can start to see some real creaks in our interaction. Uh, I think I once every so. two weeks is perfect for us because we, we don't live exciting enough lives to constantly be talking to each other. Uh, that's what you think, mate. Okay, what have you been up to in the last week? Mostly fielding questions about who my celebrity crush is. Have you genuinely? <laughs> yeah. Oh, by I'm the way, a lot uh, of DMs uh, and personal messages from people asking me who it is, and update, then trying to guess. Update on that, by the way. Elliot sent me a fevered WhatsApp <laughs> a couple of days ago, all in caps, saying he is gay. I will marry him. I found out he's gay. So, it's so congrats, yeah. man. I'm gonna find him. You're gonna f- well. No, because what if I do? What if a Notting Hill thing happens and it kicks off? And then he one day listens to this. He's like, oh, that's not me. It is. Are you talking about the main plot of Notting Hill? Yeah. Okay, sorry. What did you think? The place? No, I just, I I always consider the Alec Baldwin character to be the lead character in Notting Hill. (laughs) I bet you do. (laughs) What sort of Notting Hill thing would happen? How would that manifest itself? Because in Notting Hill, Hugh Grant owns a bookshop. A a cute little travel bookshop. A cute little bookshop and he's able to... So what, you'd bump into him. Mm. I mean, it wouldn't be orange juice that you spill. It would be some sort of... I imagine some sort of Malteser drink. Oh, yeah. Some sort of... Ma- oh, no, my Mars milkshake has gone all over you. Yeah. And he goes, oh, I need to clean up. And you go, oh, I have... <laughs> There's a chicken cottage down the road. <laughs> I know. I know the guy. I know the guy. some extra napkins. He'll, yeah. She goes, oh, like, how how far? Is that what he talks... Well, no, I, guess, I don't know. I guess that covers it. In, so it's yeah, that's how far she, what she talks like. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, and then you go in there and then, and then what? I think it would... Follow the plot of Notting Hill. I think it could be Notting Hill too. So it's like normal guy starts dating 
a celebrity, but the twist on this one is that he already liked the celebrity and he's talked about it publicly before. So now he has to like cover up his very public past. I don't. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that could Unless work. Unless maybe I'm the celebrity now because of the podcast. Um, Can you imagine maybe, that? Maybe, maybe he's sitting in his nicer flat talking about how much he fancies podcasters. Yeah. How about, maybe, them? Maybe how about them apples, bro? Maybe him and his uh, and his layabout housemate, yeah. who is a layabout yet can inexplicably afford a room in a flat in Notting Hill. Uh-huh. Maybe they're sitting, listening to this podcast, thinking, there are people in the world who've kissed that man. <laughs> and they can't believe it. <sighs> I'm never going to meet him again. You might meet him. You met him twice in a week. You meet him again. That's a good point. It is meant to be. It is meant to be. And if he doesn't think it is, it is. Well, we'll just have to get ourselves a radio show or something instead of this fucking podcast game. So this week's episode is following three books, as we said. Ezra and Nehemiah, which used to be one book altogether anyway. Mm-hmm. And then they split them in half. It says Ezra, Nehemiah, and then we'll do Esther at the end. It's like three quite short books, all interrelated. A lot of stuff going on in them. Yeah. A lot of cool characters. Oh, yeah. Um, also, lots of lists. So, so hopefully lists. it should be quite a punchy episode because we just skip the list. If you like the phrase and then we just skip that bit, then you're going to love this episode. How many people listen to this and think that's their favourite phrase? I'm sure it must be, right? What's the thing you said earlier that was could have <laughs> whiz bang wow? Boom, bang, boom. Yes. <laughs> What's your favourite? Boom, bang, boom? Or and we skip this bit? <laughs> it's got to be one of the two. It's got to be one of the two, guys. Yep. Previously on the Bible... The Israelites, who we've been uh, following up to this point, found their way to the Holy Land, mm-hmm. set up a new type of government, started living their lives. It turns out they weren't living them wonderfully, and the people who were ruling them weren't doing a great job, and the whole place kind of fell. Yeah, the whole the whole thing went to shit, didn't it, Elliot? Yeah. So, Very much like our whiz-bang and the kid pilot. That's right. Whiz-kid and the bang did not take out. <laughs> uh, I wonder why. <laughs> um, so the Israelites were taken over, mm-hmm. and the city of Jerusalem was kind of destroyed and burnt down, and the Babylonians came and took most of the Israelites away to Babylon. Yeah. They were exiled. Most of the Israelites are exiled. That's where we left. Yeah, so some were still left around Jerusalem, like still in Judah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the main bulk of them are now been taken away. And their dreams of staying in the Holy Land and being safe seem to be destroyed. They seem to be destroyed. And that's where we pick up the story in the book of Ezra. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, who was around in Chronicles, but... He was basically saying exactly what he says here. The the last paragraph of Chronicles is the first paragraph of Ezra. Yeah. Like it's just repeated it. So I like that. I want I think I think all things should be like that. <laughs> so if you put a book down you should know how it's gonna start at the for the next bit. Yeah. You don't believe in cliffhangers. No. Okay. No. I think you should, and I, not just that, I think all T V series, the last scene of the previous episode should be the first scene of the new episodes. Okay. With films. Okay. The last film you watched, you have to watch the the first scene of the next film. And when you're watching that, you also have to watch the last scene. So, like, so if, if you're you, watching... If you watch The Help, then the last five minutes of it could be the first five minutes of the Lego movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. I think that I just want to know where I'm moving to in my life. Okay. I think that's, and with meals as well. Yeah. If I have a roast dinner, 
I also want to have a small roast dinner before my shreddies the next <laughs> <Okay>. morning. <laughs> okay. And if, hey, that's how I live. So don't judge me, okay? It's a disgusting way to live. I'm not going to be triggered by you, actually, I'll Elliot. I'll judge you. Why are you going to trigger me? Why are you triggering me? I'm not going to trigger you. Why are you triggering me? That's how I live my life. I'm, I'm going to go beyond triggering. I'm going to make the effect that it would be triggering. What? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's how I live. Sure. And I, 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 I'm sure many of the listeners feel the same. Probably do. I, I imagine listeners of this would be. Josiah lives like that, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, anyway. I like this book because of that reason. Cyrus. Do stay tuned for the last five minutes of this podcast when you'll hear the first five minutes of... The next podcast. I don't know what you do. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, Cyrus is the king of Persia. And he is moved by God. God enters Cyrus. Not like that. And, you know, kind of uh, lives within Cyrus and brings out something in Cyrus that makes him love the Israelites. Yes. And the king of Persia makes a proclamation throughout his realm that basically says, the Lord gave me all the kingdoms of earth. He appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem. Any of his people who are among you, among my servants, get the fuck out. Get the fuck to Jerusalem and let's get that temple built. Yeah? Yeah. You're in exile no more, okay? I believe in the word of God. I want you to get the fuck out. I'm paraphrasing. Yes. I am paraphrasing. Just a little bit. It doesn't say get the fuck out in there. No, 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 no. Um, there's a few points in this book I think actually would improve with that. So he no. selects Jerubabel. Jerubabel? Jerubabel. <laughs> Excuse me? Jerubabel is the man who leads the group back to Jerusalem. Well, here's the, here's the thing. It, it, there's, there's, there's members of people from Judah and Benjamin. Those are the two sort of houses. Mm-hmm. And they start to go back. But it says here the family heads of Judah and Benjamin. How did you how did you perceive that when you hear that the family heads of Judah and Benjamin? Uh, just like the main people, like the dads, probably right in the oh, old days. Oh, okay. Why well, do you think it's literally just heads? And I jars? thought I had this kind of Futurama image in my head. <laughs> okay, where it's the main, like it was just their heads. Okay, they've been out of Jerusalem for a while. They don't know what to do. Who but... are we going to get to rebuild Jerusalem? Ah, it's the people with no limbs. <laughs> well, that I was confused about that. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure you were. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you want me to say? They didn't make it clear at the end of the last book uh-huh. that the next book would have people... Post-decapitation. <laughs> sure. So I read this. So basically, I guess both of our outlooks on this book will be different because <laughs> I've been looking into it as if they're literally just heads... Just rolling around on the floor. Just well, mine's all the, being carried. Mine's the King James version, and it yeah. tends to just have like people in it. <laughs> oh, does it? Okay. Yeah. This um, is this is a far flung future, though. This is like, what is it? Forty, fifty years after Chronicles and Kings. Well, I don't know. So maybe they have perfected that technology over in Babylon. <laughs> Babylon is a very advanced nation. Yeah, but these heads and jars are being told to follow Jerobabel. <laughs> Back to Jerusalem. Yes. To rebuild um, the temple, right? That's right. Um, uh, the prince, uh, the king of Persia also brings out articles belonging to the temple mm-hmm. that he has, and he gives them all back and goes, there you go, you can use all this in your fucking temple. Uh, the articles include 30 gold dishes, yeah. 1,000 silver dishes, 30 gold bowls, 410 matching silver bowls, and 1,000 other articles. And some of that was stolen from Jerusalem in the first place. Well, yeah, that's the so thing. So he's just returning their shit. Yeah, I guess that's kind of an achievement. Yeah. I guess that's he's a good guy then. Yeah. 
it's it's he's doing the the good thing and as we said it is god telling him to do this and this is basically the only time we're going to hear from god in the all of this episode mm-hmm. he kicks it off and then immediately takes a step back yes and then loads of people return and then they have a big list of exiles who returned mm-hmm. and we're going to ignore it sure yeah and they rebuild the temple in uh, the way that they see best right yeah, that's right. There's a bit of a bit of a problem. It is a bit of a problem. It, actually, there's a there's a bit here I just wanted to point out when it was talking about the whole company mm. who ended up all the exiles who returned. Uh, it says they numbered forty two thousand three hundred and sixty. Sure, so that's that's good. A lot of people. It also besides there's seven thousand three hundred thirty seven manservants and maidservants. They also had two hundred men and women singers. What's going on with that? Why are they bringing that in? Well, that's that's where the best bit of this comes in. Right? There's a lot of singing in this one. There's a lot of singing, but then it becomes a really cool plot point, which is that they build the temple. Yeah. And they praise God. Mm. And then God doesn't appear. But everyone's so excited. And they're like singing out loud, being like, God's brilliant, <laughs> ba- 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 baby. He is my baby. God's my baby. That is, that is, that is what they sang, by I the way. I love God, and he's in me, and he's in you. He's God. God. Baby, God, come down. I love this bit. God, get yes. your loving on me. God, wrap your beard around my waist. It's a belt, baby. Oh, yeah. Put me in my proper place and get your beard right around my waist. God is my lover. Yes. And you are my baby. So anyway, they're singing so loudly and they're so excited about God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is a hit, that song. Absolutely. It's a hit. A number one. Of course. A number one in Jerusalem. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. going up the rock charts. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they're singing so loud outside the temple. They don't hear the crying and wailing of the elders because the elders are people who remember how things used to be back in old Jerusalem. Yeah. And that the temple isn't quite what god would want and god used to appear in a more obvious way god used to actually be there yeah. he used to come down from the mountain stuff right that's right so then these people are crying but nobody can hear them because everyone else is so excited and they're celebrating so much so that the singing drowns out the whales and no one knows that anything's actually wrong with this temple they just go like there we go we're back on track it's such but a they've weird done it they've done it wrong and nobody knows it's so weird yeah. yeah they go like no one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping yeah because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard far away yeah i bet some of the some of the israelites who didn't go back must have been hearing that thinking fucking hell we dodged a bullet here <laughs> It's fucking disgusting. Oh, it's so loud. What a horrible party going on down there. Oh, God. What are they up to? Yeah. Also, just a quick side note. Sure. um, One of the names of the people who rebuilt the temple is Jeshua. Jeshua. So. Joshua in a mustache. (laughs) Isn't it? He's wearing those little Groucho Marx glasses. I'm Jeshua. (laughs) I promise. Uh, That'd be funny if Joshua came back and he's just a secret... By being like, oh, they're doing it better without me. I knew this would happen. <laughs> I wasn't popular. It didn't work out. It's just gotten so much better without me now. Jeshua. Jeshua. Where's his book? Yeah. Where's Jeshua's book? There's so much untold stories. Uh, so there's a lot of opposition then to the rebuilding. Yeah. And the opposition's partly coming from the people who were still around Judah, who mm-hmm. weren't exiled. They come back and half of them are like, this is shit. Neither half go, hey, we'll help you out. But Jeroboam's like, 
get out. He says to all of them, just get out. Like, he <laughs> completely dismisses anyone who wasn't exiled. Yeah. Thinking that they, possibly quite rightly, aren't worthy anymore. Yeah, and that's, that's kind right. of a theme that's going to carry on as well. And then there's just a bunch of letters. This is like... Le- they're words. If you put them together, they're words, and you want to read them. It's just what the problem has been this whole oh, time. Oh, fuck. This whole book is letters, mate. It is, isn't it? Yeah. But no, but what... But that some of the words... Yeah. To be fair, are put in the form of letters. As in, they've written letters to each other. Oh, this one that's like, Dear Jeshua, that we good. know who you are. Please just get out. It's, you're embarrassing yourself. If you disappear by morning, we won't tell anyone. We'll never mention it. Yeah, yeah. Just get over it yeah. and live your own life away from the Bible. You can't be in the Bible. All right, we tried. It didn't work. Maybe maybe someone at one point turns up and goes, goes that's not Jeshua. I'm the real Jeshua. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> like Armin Tamsarian. <laughs> like Armin so the letters, what do the letters say? <laughs> well, there's just one. They're, they're sort of uh, concerning Xerxes and all the kings. Artaxerxes, who we're going to see later. Yeah. Artaxerxes. Yeah, he like replaces Cyrus, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's a letter to Darius. And they're all kind of just about like, hey, don't build the temple. And then some of them are going, oh, well, we want to build a temple. And they're like, okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot. I, I like how narratively they're changing the way they tell the stories in this one. Yeah, it's like weird in these the books, way this was told, yeah. They have like letters. A lot of it they tell the story through letters. Yeah, there's how all, there's no pictures in this book. It's all letters. No, but I meant through let see, this is the problem, isn't it? Through letters, I mean. Yeah. 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 But le- like as in like you go to the post office and you send a letter. No, I don't. You don't know what I fucking do. Oh god damn it. That's not how I do it, all right, all right? God damn it, man. I swear to God, things might things better get easier when we get that radio Berkshire call up. I go to the post office and send WhatsApps because they've got free Wi-Fi and I've got a poor data plan. You do strike me as somebody who has a poor data plan. I do have a poor data plan. How much data are you getting a month? Two gig. Two gig? Yeah. No, you're not. You must be getting more than two gig. Well, who are you I'm with? I'm not. I'm with, um, I don't know, EE? 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 <sighs> you're a rebel without a cause. No, I'm not. I'm poor. <laughs> I'm a rebel without a penny. Fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, they complete the temple. They complete the temple because of the decree that King Darius had sent through a letter that I could read to you in full, but it's basically just him list. King Darius wrote listing everything that the temple should have. They have a new Passover. The exiles they celebrate a Passover. Mm-hmm. A lot of unleavened bread. Yuck! Classic unleavened bread. And then who arrives? But a little fella called Ezra. Ezra. You know the Book of Ezra. Yeah, he's the guy in it. This is this this is probably him. He's gonna be here for just a little bit of it. <laughs> uh, he does stick around in Neremiah, actually. Yeah, Ezra, Ezra, and Neremiah's stories kind of overlap, which I think is quite cool. But what's freaking cool about Ezra? Why do I like Ezra so much? Why do you like Ezra? Because Ezra is the descendant. Of our old friend. That's right. Aaron. That's right. Aaron, Moses' boyfriend. Yeah. His lineage through those kids that he never saw Uh because of his gay affairs. That carries on, keeps going down, all the way to a little chappy named Ezra. And do you reckon Ezra has got some of his ancestors kind of... Gay genes, definitely. (laughs) It's... Nature, not nurture. That's what I always say. He was born that way. He does his great, al- great, 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 great granddad was like that. He does always say that, listeners. You should know that. Nature, yep. not nurture. He's every time we go every out, he time. says that to me. Yeah, which is the good guy side of the argument again. There is. A, I, I cannot work it out for the heavens of me. What do you mean? 
Well, which one's like... Okay, so if you say someone's born gay, is that yeah. good? Or is it not? Because if you say what someone's you nurtured gay, that sounds bad. Yeah. But it also sounds plausible. When you when you say what's the good guy version of saying, you mean specifically about like you homosexuality. Know how, you don't you know mean just in general. Ar- you know how every argument is like there is a right and wrong side of it. I mean, no, that's nature really, and nurture. Like, which one's the good guy side of it? That really sums up because your I problem. really agree with the good guy side of it, whichever one is. Well, which one do you think, though, in your heart? Which one do I? I don't know because. I, don't know. I was raised on musicals, but I don't like to think I was made like this. So you think that all gay people love musicals? Nope. Uh, so the, um, I'm very lonely. Maybe that's why I open myself up so much to whoever is available. Thank you. You're listening to Whizbag <laughs> and the Kid. Whoever's available, get that to Flamo. So Ezra arrives. Ezra is sent by King, King Arthur Xerxes. Artaxerxes, yes. He's sent with another group of Israelites, so they bring more Israelites from Babylon over to the rebuilt Jerusalem. That's right. Uh, he is a teacher who's well-versed in the law of Moses, mm-hmm. which it makes a point of saying, yeah. which is very, very cool. Well, he Moses could be his great-great-grandfather. He could be. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they're somehow managed to do that. Yeah. Through God. Through God. <laughs> yeah. Ever heard of divine conception? <laughs> No, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> so you have once. Have we? I think oh, yeah. there was, there was one. Uh, that, Samson did that. <laughs> we can never do three weeks in a row again. <laughs> it's fucking killing us. Um, yes, Artaxerxes sends a letter to Ezra mm-hmm. uh, where he basically says, Now I decree that any of the Israelites in my kingdom, including priests and Levites who wish to go to Jerusalem with you, may go. Do what I like about this, for the most part, is that the kings are very reasonable. There is one massive exception coming up. Sure. But for the most part, they're kind of... Like in the past, we've always seen a lot of resistance mm. from kings about the idea of the Holy Land. But in this one, they seem to be like, oh, go, go and do it. Go. Yeah. And this, we oh, fuck it. I don't want you lot here fucking moaning. And we don't Get really... Get the fuck out of my sight. Find out what it's like in Babylon. Like... No, the, the, the Israelites aren't slaves in Babylon, are they? Are they prisoners, or are they just living there? Like, well, I'm currently just playing. Be, they've just—it's just been forty years, and they've just been sent back. Like, it's not really. There's no lesson or arc here, is it? It's weird. I um, I'm currently playing a game of Civilization Five, where one of my opponents are the Babylonians. Okay. Um, I can tell you that the city of Babylon is much more advanced than the city of McLaughlin City. Okay. Um, they have not taken Shaunism as their majority religion. It okay. is a minority religion. I admit that. They've got the Great Wall of China. What, around Babylon? Yeah. Um, I mean, again, I don't know how accurate this game is. Okay. But they've, uh, they've got the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess they probably had a pretty good life. Um, they definitely get uh, ivory from me, but I take some uh, incense from them. So I hope that clears it up. And is, <laughs> Can I just say to the, for the listener, because I don't think even Sean knows this yet, he is sitting so camp right now. <laughs> he did all of that. What do you mean? And then just went, like, pursed his lips and crossed his arms in a very camp, but very authoritative manner. Well done. What, so nature maybe, or nurture, is it? Yeah. So I like, was raised on musicals. Sean's sitting camp. You've got you've to take a long look in the mirror, my friend. Maybe, Some of the attitudes that come from you today are just actually making me disgusted. Shut your pig mouth. <laughs> it's the, uh, maybe, maybe McGla- Sh- Welcome to Shut Your Pig Mouth <laughs> on Whizbag and the Kid. 
We've got a live pig running around the studio. Tell us how to shut his mouth. That's not a pig. That's my wife. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so lonely. I miss the 90s. I used to do coke every day. Uh, great. Uh, so, anyway, the key thing is, we're going on a lot of tangents here. Yes, we are. Uh, but I guess the books are quite small. Uh, so Ezra sent uh, with a group of people to join the Israelites in Jerusalem and then to not just rebuild everything physically, but to actually kick off the religion again. They're saying, that's right. Everyone start living by the commandments and the rules that were laid down before. And let's start religion again and have a relationship with God. And this, I think the return to Jerusalem led by Ezra Mm -hmm. marks a shift in terms of the form of the book. I don't know if it's the same in yours, but in mine, it becomes first person. The book becomes a first-person yeah, account does, yeah, yeah. from Ezra, mm. which is so cool. <laughs> I think it's so cool at this stage that they... I don't know what... It makes it feel so much more modern. That they can chop and change it like that. Well, I guess it's sort of... I just think it's I think it's really interesting. I didn't know that there'd be anything like this in the Bible. Mm. It kind of basically means the whole thing's a bit like Scrubs. And so, you know, I was laughing all the way. Because I thought, oh, it's like he's like JD from Scrubs. Yeah, like back in the early 2000s, this was great. Yeah, this was great stuff. Back in the early 2000s. Yeah. So, like, just imagine that the I'm No Superman song is playing, mm-hmm. and then you just cut into him going, I assembled them with a canal that flows towards a harbour, and we camped there for three days. When I checked among the people and the priests, I found no Levites there. And then Coldplay plays. <laughs> it's just great. Yeah. That's just great stuff. So Ezra so returns Ez- to Jerusalem with all these people. He, he brings loads of them back. Yes. Uh, there's a big list of who he brings back. And then we find out Ezra's got a little bit of a problem with the uh, Israelites that are there. Well, and that problem is pretty bad. <laughs> I would say that Ezra overreacts massively. For a man that we're told is a very reasonable man sure. who has studied the word of Moses. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to go into the problem, yes. I can read how he reacts to it because I find that passage very funny. <laughs> so Ezra's problem is that the Israelites have ruined the purity of their blood and community yep. by marrying and having children with non-israelites so they might be like the canaanites or other groups of people who are living outside of yeah outside of that which is maybe why jerubbabel had such an issue with them as well the, this uh, is this is a theme in all these books is, is the, the purity of israel keep, is being is yeah, being tarnished the, the purity in there so ezra gets pretty furious and demands that they Send away all the women and children. Well, this is this is what he is. He says uh, they have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves, and have mingled the holy race with the people around them. So he's he's Ooh. angry. <laughs> this is then, the, and I'm reading this as a direct quote, listeners. Mm-hmm. When I heard this, I tore my tunic and cloak, pulled hair from my head, yeah, he does do that, and beard, and sat down appalled. I think he pulls the hair of them as well. Oh, does he? Like, he gets angry at them and pulls and starts, like, grabbing at their hair and be like, don't you do this to me! <laughs> like a racist dad. Then he's like, why have you ruined the family? That like, is it's disgusting. It is, su- it is such a huge reaction. And he then gets on his knees and recites this huge prayer mm. that is incredibly worrying. Um, I mean, it's a huge prayer. Oh, my God, I am too ashamed and disgraced to lift up my face to you, my God. I mean, it, to be honest, it is still a bit like Scrubs, and so I am kind of laughing as he says it. Sure. Uh, but now, oh, for God, where can we say after this? For we have disregarded the commands you gave, a land polluted by the corruption of its people. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> but you'll be happy to know that the 
bad guys win in the end. <laughs> and the wives and children who were just living quite innocent lives are exiled and sent away. Great. And the marriages basically are annulled. All's well that ends well, Ezra, right, listen? Ezra tells all the priests to just ignore all his marriages and let them it didn't happen. Um, it's to do with the confession of the sin, isn't it? Yes. That's the idea. He's, he starts to bring in the idea of confession. Yes. And how atoning for your sins and understanding them. Uh, which I guess is a, a pretty seismic moment in terms of what this book ended up inspiring. Yeah. It's following the themes that, that keep happening, which is that everyone's trying, but no one's getting it right. No. Because God doesn't like divorce and ruining the sanctity of marriage. Yeah, yeah. So this actually isn't what God would want at all. Absolutely. Which is maybe why he's not going to temple anymore. Hey. Maybe that that's why God, God's hanging. He's hanging out in the other mall now. In he used to mall. hang out in our mall. Now he hangs out in the other mall. What mall? Did you used to hang out in a mall as a kid? Just trying, just trying to keep it relevant. Okay. To the modern audience. Do you think people are listening to this in a mall? What is a mall? It's just a shopping centre, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it is. I only know of one shopping centre in London, and it's definitely about to get bulldozed because <laughs> nobody shops in shops anymore. I shop in shops. I bet you do. I bought two books yesterday in a shop. Is one of them the Bible? Well, I don't want to hear about it, mister. But you know what I do want to hear about? The Book of Nehemiah. Oh, should we break? After this. Yeah. Cool. So now we're into the next book. I haven't told you this, Elliot. Uh-oh. <laughs> we, um, you know I'm currently moving flats. Yep. Well, this flat is being looked at by prospective tenants uh-huh. and there's a viewing in one hour and I'm worried that we're not going to be done in time. They can do it around us. Well, that's if, what I'm wondering. If I went into a flat and I found people making a podcast in it, I'd be like, yeah, I'll take it. Are they, do they come with it? And then we have to live with whoever buys this flat. Well, it's not buying, is renting, first of all. It'd be Sean and Elliot and Marguerite and Samantha read the Bible because they have to join us now. But I think that would be so weird... Imagine looking around the, a flat. Yeah. Go, hi, is it okay for us to look? Yeah, yeah sure, come on. Yeah, come sure. on in. Just, just see my friend doing some work. Don't worry, yeah. Just have a look around. Keep it down. Just, just keep it a bit down. And then we're there going, yeah, so I think in this book of the Bible, it's really clear just how much he hates the fucking Israelites. Absolutely. And just like interracial marriage is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> if I learned nothing else from the book of Ezra, it's that you shouldn't marry people who aren't of your own kind. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, my flat is still available, listeners. So if you fancy... Fancy moving into a piece of podcast history. That'll be it. We've been trying That'll to, be it. We've been trying to think of a prize we can give away in a competition. So if uh, you send us a picture of an egg to the email address, you can win Sean's flat for free. <laughs> no. And Sean will pay for it. Nope. Nope. One egg to the inbox, and that's all we need. Why are we... Also, I, I don't recall us ever having a chat about having any competition. What yeah. competition are we running? The egg for a flat. <laughs> if you want a flat, send us an egg. Not in the post, in an email. Great content. Yep. <laughs> so the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah. How are you saying it? Nehemiah. I'm ne- not. I'm not saying it. Nehemiah. Ne- Nehemiah. 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 Here we go again. <laughs> Nehemiah. Do, yep. do, 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 do. <laughs> okay. It Whatever. All, it all works. It all. Just... It's not. It's not. It's not a competition. Sean. It's all right. Here we go. Again. The words of Nehemiah, son of. Hakalia. Okay. In the month of Kislev. F- that's the first asterisk I have to put up there. This might be on my birthday. Kislev. Yeah. What's Kislev? It's a month. Do we know which month? It's the fifth month of the 
Seventh calendar, I should think. In the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, when I was in the citadel of Susa. So as you can hear, it's already it's first person again, and now we're someone else. So, so is, we've this, went, is went, this Nehemiah then? Yeah. We're not JD. We're some other first person character. They did have episodes called His Story and Her Story where like follow all the characters from Oh, it. did they? Yeah. So this is... this is uh, Carla. T- Carla. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So this is Carla. Yeah. One of my brothers came from Judah with some other men and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. And they said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province, are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down. Its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. So this is, this is the main mission now for us. What? Is that we've got to get some golden syrup satire in here now. Because this is a story about a man who wants to build a wall. Yeah. And we yeah. need to really land this, all right? The yeah. listeners are expecting it. Yeah. This is what comedy is now. This is it. it. This has is to be it. commenting on the news and pulling, pulling okay. in stuff that people know, all right? So this is got to be the best we ever do. Okay. okay? This okay. is satire. This, this is, is satire. important. Yeah. This is like man of the year type of, of cutting edge, sharp... Witty, yeah, nonsense. Yeah, All right. we need we we, bring it. we need to be even better mm-hmm. than two D TV. Two D TV. Remember two D TV? I'll pretend I will for the sake Sunday of Sunday night cartoons. The sake of <laughs> I didn't even know Wayne Rooney was thick until I watched that. <laughs> oh, I do remember that. Oh, yeah, we can we can whoop that thing into the ground like uh, a slat going into the ground, uh, like because of the wall. Like, because he wants to make it out of slats, doesn't he? So that's, okay. that's the first one. Elliot, can I be honest with you? Yeah. I really think we're off to a bad start. No, we'll, we'll, we'll whoop it. We'll, we'll, we'll whoop right. it. All right. Uh, okay. Sean and Elliot versus Donald Trump. Who's going to win? <laughs> Who's going to win, bitches? Ding, ding, ding. Uh, In this corner, Donald Trump. In this corner, podcasters. Let's let's go. Okay. Boom, bang, boom. Bring that wallopy punch, mate. Am I allowed to just tell the fucking story? Sure. Neremiah is the one who was talking there. Okay. The one who was talking. And he says, I was the cupbearer to the king. So here we go. In the month of Nisan, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where they're getting these calendars from. I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? <laughs> this can be nothing but sadness of the heart. Why well, does your face look sad? <laughs> what a fucking, what a buffoon. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Well, good subterfuge. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my fathers are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? So it's Nehemiah talking about how shit Jerusalem's walls have got. Yeah. Then the king, with the queen sitting beside him... Did she say anything or do said, anything? what is it you want? And then he said, I want to go back to Jerusalem. I want to rebuild the wall. No, you have to do it in like the voice. You have to build it, do his voice. Oh, his, his voice. Yeah, uh, Nehemiah is like, is like a Donald Trump. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. okay. Otherwise, otherwise, people won't think it's funny. You've got to do that. Like, okay, yeah. so Nehemiah is Donald Trump, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, building yeah, the wall, yeah, okay, okay. I want to go and back and build the wall. Yeah, okay, that's pretty good. Is that all right? That sounds like Donald Trump to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. Good, good. The king then says, how long will your journey take? And when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. So he's away. 
Nice. He's away. He's away. He's taking some another group of Israelites with him. He's off to rebuild the wall. Drain the swamp. Drain build the, the wall. wall. Drain, Drain the swamp. swamp. Build the wall. They build it. Okay. He goes... Well, <laughs> <laughs> he builds it. The end. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, he goes to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the first thing he does. And after staying there for three days, I set out during the night with a few men. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. So a lot of the people he's gone back with, he has not told that they're going to rebuild the wall. He's kind of just... He's kept that to himself. Just like... Uh, an idea people won't really support, right? They won't really get behind it. Yeah. Yeah, cool, cool. He then inspects the wall. Mm -hmm. He says to them, you see the trouble we're in. Jerusalem lies in ruins. Its gates have been burnt with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall. So he does give them a bit of their own time. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. So that's that's his plan and I I like his plan. Uh, He has loads of builders, this is this is what his idea of the wall is, by the way. Okay. Just in case you're thinking. Here it okay? is. Here comes the satire. I'm not gonna. Cutting. I'm not. I'm not gonna think like. I'm. I'm not gonna read every single thing about the wall. I'm just gonna read the parts of the wall sure. that he set out. Okay. The sheep gate. What's that? It's just a gate. So he's building a, sh- a sheep gate. The fish gate. Yeah. Is that just? Is he just building it? F- for fish, he's just no, lining just, fish up. No, they're just gates, mate. But why is it called the fish gate? Because <laughs> it's in the water bit. It's like a little bit they open up and it's... To like let put the river. Jewish fish back in? There are Jewish fish. Okay. What, you think there aren't Jewish fish? Okay. Of course there are Jewish fish. How about the dung gate? Yeah, it's for the poo-poos. For the Jewish poo? There's Jewish poos, mate. Of course there's Jewish poos, mate. Okay. That the horse fine. gate... There are Jewish horses. What is this? There are Jewish horses. Why at this point are we going, um, what the fuck? Are you just... Are they four horses or are they made of horses? Probably both. Made of horses. Made of horses for horses. So the fish gates are made of fish for fish. Yes. And the dung gate... is made of poo-poo for (laughs) poo-poo. Yeah. And it's all super Jewish. (laughs) There is opposition to this rebuilding. Yes. Which I think is totally legitimate. So wait, let me get this straight. You, a cupbearer to the king, not a, not a construction worker. Yep. You're not a man who's in the field of building or no. property. Yeah, no. You're going to come no. here property to the holy city yeah. and you are going to build a wall of fish, dung and sheep. Yeah. yeah, I oppose. Sign me up. Sign me that petition. I oppose. Sanbalat, that's the guy's name. He heard that we were rebuilding the wall. He became angry and was greatly incensed. Well, good. You need some fucking incense after that dung wall. Am I right? <laughs> no? <laughs> not supporting that. What do you mean you're not supporting that? You know why. Okay. <laughs> he ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? I mean, I don't know why you need to bring their personal lives into it. Um, we need more satire in this. We need to get cut. To but I don't know who's what... going to pay for the wall. The horses. <laughs> people are like that. People We're going like to build shit. a dung wall, and the dung will pay for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, All right, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, we will build a dung wall. Oh, it's going through me. Okay. <laughs> Ray Romano. To buy the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, "What they are building? If even a fox climbed up on it, he would break down the wall of stones." So that's pretty pretty bad. It's a shit wall. 
So pretty bad. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height for the people worked with all their heart. Oh, uh, that's nice. It's like I think it's quite sweet. Like they tried their hardest, but it's shit. Which is again the theme of these books. But uh, Sambalat is, is has made his mind up, okay. and his people have already made their mind up. He has gone over to them and he said, "Before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them, and we will kill them and put an end to their work." So the Jews that live nearby said, wherever we turn, they're going to attack us. So a decision is made that half of the people will continue working on the war and half of them will arm themselves with spears. Uh, They said, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Now, I imagine that that last one's a typo. So I imagine what it was meant to say was, fight for your brothers, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your homies. Yeah, yeah. Sweet up homies, bro. It must have been for the sweet up homies, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta protect your sweet up homies when the east east side crypts come round to the to your wall, bro. Uh, and at the end of this, he says, "Neither I nor my brothers, nor my men, nor the guards with me took off our clothes." That's good. That's I least you can ask, really. I mean, I don't know why he would put that in there unless they did take off their clothes. Oh uh, 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 no, we weren't. We weren't all. We weren't all fucking. <laughs> we, we weren't all we, fucking next we to the fish gate. We, 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 we were fucking in the fish gate. We know. We know the walls only halfway up. But, um, <laughs> we, um, Neremiah. Then the, here's this story about him helping the poor. Did you read this? The men and their wives raised a great outcry against their Jewish brothers. Some were saying, we and our sons and daughters are numerous. In order for us to eat and stay alive, we must get grain. Very reasonable request. Others were saying, we are mortgaging our fields, our vineyards, and our homes. What do you mean mortgaging? That's one thing this book has never got into. Who, what is the banking system? What is the economic system of this? How can a, one person get in a position where they're building walls, yet other people are having to rely on lenders? I don't get this. There's not enough world building here. Do you know what I mean, Elliot? I think I am more grateful than anything in the world that I don't have to read about how the mortgaging system works in the Bible. Really? Yeah. After everything else I've had to explain about building and lineage and like how to sacrifice things and how armor is made and stuff like that. If it went into something that I find actively boring in the real world and then told me about how boring it can be in the Bible, I I do not want that. Thank you very much. Thank you, Nehemiah, for not explaining mortgages to me. I continued. What are you doing? What you are doing is not right. This is what he said to all the, the officials and the nobles. Shouldn't you walk in the fear of our God to avoid the reproach of our Gentile enemies? Give back to them immediately their fields, vineyards, olives, groves, and houses, and also the usury you are charging them. We will give it back, they said. Basically, they're saying, make vineyards great again. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah? Yeah, if you're coming back to my realm of thinking, yeah, fine. <laughs> I mean, you've so doubt. <laughs> yeah, of course you've I have. You've so Of course I have. Why? Because <laughs> it's not very really fun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Basically, he cuts the debt. Completes the wall. Sends away his enemies. So the people who were working against him, they did fight them back. And they were sent out of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Along with those wives and kids from earlier. Absolutely. Maybe they'll start their own little... Community. We'll never know about it. It's nothing to do with anything. Nothing to do with anything. It's just a group of people who keeps being sent away from Jerusalem. They're being exiled themselves. Yeah, well, soon they won't need to be sent away. Soon they'll be kept at bay by the fish wall. Damn right. Damn right. Um, Damn right. The wall... 
Damn. Damn right. Damn. Damn right. As in a damn, yeah? Yeah. Like damn right. Damn right. Right, as in right wing. Yeah. As in Trump. Trump. Damn right. Donald Trump is a fish. Damn what? Donald Trump is a fish. I'm going to try and get that joke in it now. Donald Trump is a fish? Yeah, but I do it subtle, like, through the story of Naramaya. Okay. Donald Trump is a fish. Donald Trump is a fish. You think you can subtly get that in through the story? (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's the cleverest thing anyone's ever said about Donald Trump. So, bring it on. They're not going to turn that into a t-shirt. Donald Trump if that's if that's what your your aim is. Donald Trump is a fish. Boom, bam, boom. <laughs> but, okay, let's go. Yeah. Yep. So Nehemiah and Ezra <laughs> begin their new uh, mission, which is essentially to turn the community around and make them worthy again. Now that the make war... them worthy again. Yeah. Make them uh, make Jerusalem great again. Yes. Uh, I mean, you're wasting all your time trying to make it so Donald Trump is a fish. Then you get a perfect allegory for Donald Trump and it's staring you in the face and you fucking miss it. I didn't miss it. I did it. At the dedication of the Wall of Jerusalem. So this is the dedication and they're going to have a big party. Mm -hmm. Jerusalem is back. Pretty soon they're going to even get a fucking subway. And I ain't talking about the trains. I'm talking about the places that makes the greatest sandwiches known to man. You want leavened bread or unleavened bread? Do you want a shekel or half a shekel? Do you want lettuce? Does that exist nowadays? Who knows? Who knows? You want chicken? Have some chicken. Sorry, we closed early on the ship death. Yeah. Oh, you want a fish sandwich? Tough titties. Fish live with us as part of our community in this sci-fi world where half the people are humans and some of them are fish. You've got to get that in your head, baby. <laughs> some of the people in Jerusalem are fish. This and is... if that's not satire, I want to be a satire. Whoa. Hold on to your butts. Yeah. This podcast might just blow over the whole political system. I think it, I think it already has. I think it I th- has. I think if the listener, Josiah, looks out the window right now, they'll notice... Uh, nothing but turmoil, the collapse of the world as they know it. Because this guy over here, this guy is bringing the satire. He's pointing at himself, by the way, listeners, you should know that. The only way to drive yourself to the Holy Land is to have four satires on your car. (laughs) Carry on. Fuck my life. Fuck. (laughs) The only way to drive yourself to the Holy Land is to have four satires on your car. Wheel... Get there quicker. No, that's not satire. That's that's a wheel pun. You're getting confused about what you even want to do. Wheel get there quicker. Yeah. Carry on. Okay. If you put if you put your uh, foot on the pedal of uh, 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 the top, the like on the topic. All right. Sh- the genuinely shut the fuck up. Topic I've got, of the I- moment. I've got, we have to do the whole book of uh, Esther and then I have to get this flat ready for a viewing. If the viewing people come while we're doing this, it counts as a live episode. <laughs> Welcome to the live episode. There's three people. Yeah, that washing machine does come with the place. This, anyway, there's, they have a dedication to the wall. That's what they have. They've decided to have a dedication. That will probably will happen when Trump makes his wall, won't they? <laughs> Truly is a fantasy book. <laughs> Here's what they do. At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication of the songs of thanksgiving. That's nice. With music of cymbals. <laughs> How many songs can you make with cymbals? La 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 la. Remember, the Levites were the thick ones, right? The Levites are like the people in numbers when they're separating yeah. people out. Levites were the ones who were like, 
Okay, you can carry stuff. <laughs> you just do the grunt work, please. Here we go. Here's, here's more. Yeah. I had the leaders of Judah go up on top of the wall. I assigned two large choirs to give thanks. I followed them on top of the wall, together with half the people, past the Tower of the Ovens. So we're getting more details about how batshit this wall is. <laughs> To the broad wall made of scrap over the gate of Ephraim, <laughs> the fish gate, the tower of Hanol, as far bit, as the sheep gate. Past the bit that's just made of old bikes. Past, <laughs> past the, the Super Nintendo Entertainment System wall. Uh huh. Yeah, the cartridges. The bit for kids, it's just made of foam. And they set apart a portion for the other Levites, and the Levites set aside a portion for the descendants of Aaron. Nehemiah leaves. Nehemiah. I keep calling him Nehemiah. I think that's okay. Is it? I, I mean, think... it's wrong. <laughs> it's okay. We're usually right. <laughs> <laughs> usually we're right. Yeah. But now we're wrong. Who else is right? Right wing, that is? Fish. Yeah, Donald, yeah. Fish wings. Is there Donald Trump? Is there a, is there a fish pun there that would help you out? I don't need one. Donald, like... Coddled, cod, coddled, coddled Trump. Coddled carp. <laughs> Wait, there will be one. Coddled Trump will work. Give me five seconds, but count. Them. I don't want to give you five uh, seconds. I want this to be over now, please. Uh, scampy Trump. Ah, oh, Coddled Trump is better. Cod, Cardinal, Cardinal Trump. So Nehemiah. Oh, Nehemiah. Yeah. Leaves. Do you know? Do you know why? Why I said I'd do the Ezra story, and you can do Nehemiah. Yeah. Because I can pronounce Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> and I was stuck with Jebabel. Jebabel. Zerubbabel. Fuck. (laughs) Nehemiah, he says, while all this was going on, I was not in Jerusalem. For in the 32nd year of Artaxerxes, king of Babylon, I had returned to the king. Do you remember the guy? And he said, how long are you going to be? And he goes, I don't know. But he left and he went back. Yep. The cupbearer. And the king went, oh, here he is. Here's the cupbearer. Here's (laughs) the cupbearer. I've been waiting for you. I'm thirsty. Fucking hell. Why are you covered in... Why are you covered in dung and bikes? <laughs> Why is my cupbearer a fish? None of this satire works, Elliot. It does. Of course it does. People will get it. From now on, they'll see Donald Trump and they'll be like, Donald Trump's a fish. So he's back there for a while, but then it, it doesn't really go into that part of his life because it says he then went back to Jerusalem so he's up some sometime d- later. He's up some dodgy shit. He's up to, yeah, this he's is up a 12-year to... period when he's editing out everything he's done. Yeah, yeah, he's doing yeah. some crazy shit. He's got to come back and be the holier-than-thou. So he goes back to uh, Jerusalem, and lo and behold, loads of evil shit has been going on. Ezra and Nehemiah try and make everybody follow the word of God again. Mm-hmm. So they stand there. Ezra stands in front of his people. Nehemiah kind of just like flaps about on the <laughs> <laughs> on the stage. No, 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 so they can't breathe. And why they, is he? Fa- oh yeah, because he's, he's a fish. He's a fish. Like Nehemiah's a fish, and Donald Trump's a fish because Nehemiah's uh, Donald Trump. Okay. Uh, so they're standing in front of people being like, "Follow the word of God." Remember to cut off those foreskins, brah. Uh, and they put women in, but like, don't be bad women, women. We know what you're like. They do know what they're like. And, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Ezra reads the law. He basically reads the law all out again to all the Jerusalems. Yeah. I mean, the stench must be astonishing. Yeah. It must be astonishing. Because one of them's a fish. Uh, so they get through that. They all learn the laws again and say, we're definitely going to start following holy words and holy law again. And how how best to acknowledge this new lifestyle for themselves? By having a big old party. They have a big old party. Big old karaoke party. They celebrated the feast for seven days. Whoop, whoop. 
And on the eighth day, in accordance with the regulation, there was an assembly. Then the Israelites confessed their sins. We sort mm-hmm. of went through that in the last bit. Same, same old, same old. And it seems like everything's going to go wonderfully. Absolutely. Not. Uh-oh. Because Nehemiah notices there are some issues knocking, about, knocking around. And he swims over to some Israelites around the, around the place. And he sees that... I mean, this is... This is clunky stuff. No, it isn't. They got it. And he notices that on a, on the Sabbath, everyone's still working. <laughs> they're still working the farms. They're still working on the wall. And they're living their lives and they're selling things in a little marketplace. And on the Sabbath day, which is against the rules, they've That's ignored the everything rules. entirely. Um, yeah, it says in here. I mean, this. Oh, and then he goes like, oh, blub, blub, blub. <laughs> You're just a great satirist. I know. You're great. I know. You're like um you're like that fellow who does Garfield. SNL's waiting for me. Go on. Once or twice the merchants or sellers of all kinds of goods spent the night outside Jerusalem. But I warned them. I said, Why do you spend the night by the wall? If you do this again, I will lay hands on you. Ooh. I mean that's He doesn't have hands, he has fins. <laughs> Moreover, in those days, I saw men of Judah who had married women from Ashdod, Ammon, and Moab. Half the children spoke the language of Ashdod. I rebuked them, called curses down on them. I beat some of the men and pulled out their hair. Yes, fucking hell, that, mate! Get a again. grip. And that's Nehemiah. Yeah. Do you? I mean, do you? So Ezra and Nehemiah you, used you, to be. Yeah. Do you feel like we've woken you up to the political realities of this world? Hey, if we're going to have one episode that's satirical, I think we chose the right one. All right. People have been waiting for this. Yeah. People need people like us to bring down the system of oppression that we're all living under, bro. Genuine question, Elliot. Can yeah. you name one thing that Donald Trump has done that you don't like? Given a few episodes, you were saying how you thought democracy was stupid. No. Yeah. No. I said democracy uh, is bad. I think I said it's stupid. I think it's that people were stupid, and that's why democracy is bad. Yeah, okay. So, actually... <laughs> <laughs> right, oh. we're going to have a little break. Yeah. But and then we're going to come back with the Book of Esther. The point of Nehemiah, just to wrap it up, is the idea that if you're going to start again, and you're going to start worshipping God, mm. do it properly. Like, actions speak louder than words. Do it properly. <laughs> Don't just say, oh, yeah, we'll go back to God, and we'll do all this, blah, 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 blah actually do it properly and that's that's the moral of this story is like is that is that what you got from this story yeah because it's about people trying and failing but they're trying at the wrong thing they need i to think do they're it just i think they just are getting on with their lives and falling in love with people who aren't from israel uh who who are you going to trust when you're falling in love with someone your own heart and the person and seeing if you actually mesh well or what race they are and i think you'll find the bible tells us we should keep everybody pure. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. T- take that, Donald Trump. Yep. And here we go. It's the third of three. It's the Book of Esther. Is this going to be another satirical powerhouse from Elliot? No, this doesn't call for it. Okay. This is a story of of female empowerment, full stop. <laughs> I am amazed that that is what you took from this. That is exactly what this is. Okay. 
let's let's see. Listener, maybe you, you disagree. I'm I'm certainly not going to claim it's a story of female empowerment. Well, it's kind of like a male savior female empowerment story. Let's see. Okay. Um, we're introduced at the start to Esther and her uncle Mordecai. They're the main characters. They're the heroes. This is what happened during the time of Xerxes. The Xerxes who ruled over 127 provinces, stretching from India to Kush. We're a hundred years after Ezra and Nehemiah. This is oh, are we? Yeah, Does we're way that? in the future now. Oh, yeah. well. So I guess those heads, uh, maybe they've grown back bodies. Perhaps, probably not. No, nope. Maybe they've got robot bodies. Oh yeah, probably. They've got little robot bodies. Okay, all right. In the background, back in Jerusalem, there's robot bodies with the heads on. But we're in Persia now, so it's fine. We're in Persia now, but okay. it must have spread at this point. Yeah. yeah. So this fellow, this king, King Xerxes, he reigned from his royal throne in the citadel of Susa, and he has a massive fucking party. Maybe the biggest party we've seen in the Bible yet. This book is well party central. Like, there's basically every second sentence, there's a new party going There's on. a new party. And he des- they describe what happens in the party a lot. It's pretty exciting stuff. My, my, my favourite thing is when he goes, wine was served in goblets of gold, each one different from the other, and the royal wine was abundant, in keeping with the king's liberality. Ah. And how was the king liberal? Well, it tells you how. By the king's command, each guest was allowed to drink in his own way. <laughs> That's nice, because the... There are so many ways to drink. The, the, the king and government's liberalism is possibly questioned later on in the book, so... Well. He's allowing people to drink their whole, their own way. So I guess some people are drinking with straws. Yeah, well... Some people are maybe doing handstands and drinking that way. Or like one of those keg things. Yeah, all the people doing that. Yeah. However you wish to drink, you drink in your own way. Maybe you've got a little funnel and a straw and you're just popping it up your little butt. You know... Um, popping your little Vimto up your little butt. You know that song, You Can Go Your Own Way? Yeah. By Fleetwood Mac? Yeah. Well, the king is saying, you can drink your own way. That is what he's saying. <laughs> Just thought that would be an easy way for me to explain to the listeners what was happening. Yeah, they didn't get it before that. <laughs> All right, so what's happening is he said to them they can drink however they, way they want. That is absolutely right. And it's like if they want to drink a certain way, the king's saying that's fine. That's fine. Okay. That's okay. Do you think we need to explain this anymore? Okay. Listeners. Okay. You're at home. You're drinking from a goblet of wine. You might be. How are you drinking that? Yeah? Yeah. Well, what if the person next to you wants to drink it another way? Would you allow that person to do that hmm. in your own home? Hmm. Would you? Be honest, would you? What if so? So that, that you're you're just drinking the wine straight up, uh-huh. like you're you're straight thing, into the mouth, yeah, straight into the mouth. What if your friend is their way of drinking it yeah. is to pour it into a jumper, sure. squeeze the jumper yep, into yep, 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 a yep, funnel, yep. and that funnel leads directly into their ear. Yeah, yeah. What if are you going to not let that happen? Well, we're telling you, King Xerxes is fine with that. King Xerxes would let that happen. Okay. Is that, do you think we've made that clear? Okay, I think we've made it clear. Do you think? I, I think maybe so. one more explanation. They're all right, very thick, example. our listeners. They're all right, let's say, let's say, all right, you want to drink, okay, you've got some full fat milk. Yeah. And you want to drink it the way you normally drink that, which is uh, you've got a barrel and you just stick your head in and you drink it all up with your face. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like you're sucking it. Like you're breathing inward and then the, the milk is going into your body. Because it's being sucked up through that. Well, that's, that's like how way, like that's how drink. most people drink. Yeah, yeah. that's how like, we have drink a barrel of full fat milk in our living room. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and let's say someone else comes to your house for a visit, and they've got some full fat milk. Mm-hmm. But what they've done is they've killed your cat and they've carved it open, taken out all the guts. Yeah, and then like uh, uh, melted plastic inside it to make a kind of vessel. Yeah. It's a classic odd couple story. And then they dunk the body of the cat into the milk to collect it, okay? Yeah. yeah. 
And then what they do is they pour that milk into your mother's mouth and then they grip they grip the back of your mother's head and they look her in the eye and they go, Meredith, Meredith, commence. And they get your mother to just dribble yeah. the full fat milk into into their nostrils and yeah, then yeah, they yeah. go... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then the and sometimes they go, like, oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck, I'm alive. Meredith. And then it goes into them like that. And yeah. it basically... We're saying that although you might not be all right with that, yeah, and although the back of your mother's head might be slightly bruised because they obviously have to yeah, yeah. You know, grip it quite yeah, tight, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're saying that the king was saying that that's all gravy, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. King Xerxes would allow both. He's making that clear. Goes, however, yeah. you want to drink it, you yeah. drink it. So he's saying that if you want to drink something, certain way, you can drink it like that. Are you? Do you think you've got this, listener? Okay. Do you think they need one more example? No, I think that's fine. I think they might need one more example. <laughs> okay, give us one more. Example. Okay, okay. Let's say you are out of the pub and you'd order a pint of wine. Pint of wine. Which we all do at the pub. We go to the pub, we have a pint of wine. Uh, most people would get the pint of wine. They'd probably get it with some pepper, some ice cubes, and a pickled sausage. Um, and they'd probably hollow out the sausage. They'd use that as a straw. They'd pepper around the top of the sausage. They lick the t- the tip of the sausage, of course, yeah, yeah, or with pepper to yeah. seem seductive, but also so they go fuck you're you're sexy, but also because it's pepper, it does bring tears to their eyes. So yeah. their date is like, oh, you're sexy because you're licking it, but also you're sensitive because you're crying as you do this. Yeah, and then you sip up the pint of wine, and that's how most of us would do it. Um, and then the ice cubes, of course, keep that sweet red wine as cold as possible. Cold as cold, cold, cold as possible. Now yeah. you might the date that you're on, mm-hmm. they might order a pint of red wine. And their reaction might be to uh, grow a beard and to eventually grow that much hair that they tie it up. They they tie it up. They turn it into a sort of hammock. Yeah. Okay. A hammock. Yeah. 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 You've seen this. I've seen it. And I've I've seen it. There's a few bars where people still do this. Yeah, sure. And they pour the wine Mm -hmm. into the hammock and then they scream at the top of their voice. They go, heave ho! They scream that. Yeah. And then they used that hammock as almost like a, a kind of a, a trampoline. Yeah, like, and the, yeah, the wine okay. flies in the goes air. Goes up in the air. And like they, they make it taut and then the, the wine goes up. Yeah, they make it taut, yep. the wine goes up, yep. the date will lift their head back. Keep mm-hmm. in mind that you're still crying and licking the pepper from the sausage. Yeah, yeah, just the tip. And the wine is in the air and mm-hmm. as it's falling down, your date will lean back and go, this is the blood of my enemy. Mm-hmm. And then it goes in and a bit goes in their eye and in their mouth and that's how they drink wine. Now, if they did that... Xerxes would be fine with it. Fine with it. Fine with it. Fine with it. Okay. Do you understand now, listeners? If you, yeah, okay. So it's like if you want to drink a certain way, Xerxes says that's fine. Okay. okay. Think maybe one more. I example? think I'll deliver one more example. Okay. 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 So let's say you want to drink some orange and barley squash. Oh God, but I you, love that on a, on, a, on, a, on a cold winter night. On a cold winter night, you want to you want to have some orange and barley squash. So what you do is you you pour the whole bottle. You don't dilute it. You pour the whole bottle. Just all over the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's just a big puddle of it on the floor. Mm-hmm. And then you freeze it. You freeze it so it's like a little yellow ice skating rink. Mm-hmm. And you think, this is going to be tasty. I'm going to love this so much. But the way you drink it... Sometimes you might write that in your diary. Yeah. This is going to be tasty. I'm going to love that so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But the way you drink it is you cut off your own foot, okay? And you just jam the stub straight onto the ice. 
and you let it you let it stick there. You know, like when you lick mm-hmm. a lick a lamppost and then you get stuck, mm-hmm. like in Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. Is it Christmas Story? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so now you're basically a, a human person with one foot and then a stub that ends with it, like an icy puddle that comes off around you. It's sort sharp. of a part of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like a sharp puddle. It's kind of yeah. It's frozen sharp. So then you use your leg, almost like a buzz saw, and you cut the neck of your family members with the thing, and some of it dribbles into the mm. neck holes. <laughs> but that's not you drinking it yet, so it's not over. <laughs> and your family are, are all dead, but they've got a little bit of it in them. And you have a funeral, and it's like very expensive, and you yeah. pay for it, and you put them all up, and you put their song of choice on it. might be like... Uh, like Lionel Richie, something like that, like something very nice, very classy affair. Yeah, maybe you might write that in your diary. It yeah. was a classy affair. It was a classy affair. Yeah. Uh, and you've got the three caskets out the front and you've done your speeches and you're saying, you know, you've missed them and you wish, wish uh, things could be back the way they were, but now it's time for a new chapter. Uh, and as the coffins are uh, like going down those conveyor belts that go into where, you know where they burn? What's yeah, that, crematorium. Like the, yeah, crematorium. Yeah, yeah. So where incinerator. Just, just before they go into the incinerator, you slam your fist onto the little red button that stops the conveyor belt. Yeah, yeah. And you open each casket and you put all three of them in one in one casket, okay? Yeah. And then you climb in with them and then you press the button again and the coffin goes into the incinerator. And, and you, you might write that in your diary. You go, the coffin went into the incinerator. Like while you're going in. While I was in there, yeah. And you put your mouth somehow over the neck wounds of all three of the family members who you killed. Like you're just doing that. And then as the fire rises, it evaporates the blood and the orange and barley squash mm. up into your skin. And it just dissolves into your skin. And then you burn alive with your family who you have killed. Uh, like you might drink like that, but someone else might drink with a straw. Yeah, yeah. And Xerxes says that's fine. Xerxes says whatever you want to do is fine. Do you get... I think that you must get that now. I think they'll get that. If you oh, have yeah. your own examples, let us know. But I think... Do let, yeah, do it. email us with your own examples. We can provide more if you need. Of like how two people drink. So yeah, basically what we're trying to say is Xerxes was a liberal man. On the seventh day of the banquet, when King Xerxes was in high spirits from wine, which, as we've said earlier, he would drink in different ways. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just a quick example. Like, he might drink from a goblet of gold made of gold and he might pour that you know into into another bottle or into another thing or straight into his mouth or maybe a king next to him might uh take the same wine uh jam it up up his ass asshole uh, or you know or his wife that's what he'd probably do he'd probably jump up his wife's asshole and really make sure all the wine gets in there and just make sure the wine is just part of her body it's in her bloodstream. It's not going anywhere. Get the wife pregnant. Make it get to the point where the breasts lactate. And then, but actually it's just the wine. And so he sucks her breasts and that's how he drinks the wine. Both of those would be fine. I mean, some of them would be time consuming. I'm not going to say they're not going to take time. Oh yeah, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he's in high spirits from wine. Mm-hmm. And he then commands the seven eunuchs who served him. You didn't mishear that, listener. The seven eunuchs. They're called Mahuman, Bitsa, Harbana, Bigtha, <laughs> Abagtha, Zethar, and Carcass. <laughs> Pretty funny that he's called Bitsa when he doesn't have any bits of his own. <laughs> Austin Powers, that was. We love Austin Powers. We love it. Yeah. What's his catchphrase? This is how I drink. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> 
Groovy drink style, number two. <laughs> we should probably actually tell the story. Uh, yeah. Well, we've okay. now got seven minutes. Sorry, listeners. We really just needed to make sure you understood about the, the drinking thing. Right. He wants his wife, the queen, Queen Vashti, to come to the banquet, to make an appearance at the banquet so all of his guests can look at her beauty. Mm-hmm. However, she refuses to come. The king then becomes furious and burned with anger. That's what it says. Can I just say, you've just done that in a very mature way. What do you mean? You've just said the word come like four times. And you've just what you're doing is telling the story. It's great. Yeah, well, she refused to come. Mm. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've been there. I've been there. I've had I've had dates, and they're like. So Vashti nope. Vashti puts down the funnel and approaches the king, and what happens? Well, basically, it was customary for the king to consult all of his experts. That's mm-hmm. what it says. He has a rule of experts. Because what the fuck are we going to do? Fucking Queen Vashti won't even come here. So what they say is, uh, she's done wrong. She should not have done this. There's a lot of people here drinking in a lot of very elaborate ways, and all they wanted to do was look at her beauty. She's disgraced you, and she hasn't just disgraced you. She's disgraced the entire country. So therefore. We're going to get rid of her. Mm-hmm. She's banished. She's out. They don't she's kill gone. her, which I thought was cool. Yeah, that seems weird in the Bible that they haven't yeah. killed her. Yeah, they didn't kill her. They just got rid of her. So it's, uh, yeah, as Elliot said, it's a great story of female empowerment so far. Hey, but this bit is, because and... it's how they find the next wife. And how do they do it? A beauty pageant. <laughs> well, yep. before which they say they've made a proclamation in each people's tongue that every man should be ruler over his own household. All women will respect their husbands from the least to the greatest. But in Elliot's eyes, as we said, this is a story of female empowerment. Uh, she wasn't killed. She was just banished. So <laughs> Empowerment. And hey, the women who entered the beauty pageant probably filled out the forms themselves. They probably filled out the forms themselves. That's, that's an empowerment. I don't know what is. Okay, so the king's personal attendants proposed, let a search be made for beautiful young virgins for the king. Mm. So make 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 up your minds. <laughs> um, make up your minds. The key one that we need to mention is the aforementioned Esther. 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 Who is a beautiful woman. Who is a Jew. So, and that's important. That is important. <laughs> Do you want that, is, that, that is important. Okay. Well, no, it is important because she, first of all, is, is orphaned. She lives with Mordecai. Her uncle. Well, it said, some of them, apparently in some texts, it's her cousin. Oh, really? Is they never make it clear. In mine, it's uncle as well. Would we'll you say relation then, shall we? Yeah, yeah. They have relations. Her older relation, Mordecai, who's raised her. Has raised her. So she wins the pageant. She and wins the pageant. queen. The girl pleased him and won his favour. Immediately, he provided her with her beauty treatments and special food. He becomes... wonder what they mean by special food. Do you think they mean just like like cool cereals from America? Like food you can eat in any way. Uh, <laughs> like, like they got Lucky Charms, like bowls of Lucky Charms. I think it'll be that. Yeah, And yeah. she gets to keep the toy. She gets to keep the, the sweet toy. Because the point is, he is ridiculously enamoured with it. Yeah, like, yeah. Xerxes really, really is well into Esther. Mm-hmm. But, and this will become important later, Esther is keeping quiet about the fact that she's Jewish. Yeah. That's something it's that she is... Too, it's too, too risky. Too risky. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, Esther and Mordecai have to keep that to themselves. She's made the queen. Mm-hmm. Enter the most Disney villain of the whole Bible so far, Haman. Haman. So Haman is kind of a Jafar role here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the kind of main advisor and the man right below Xerxes. He's not just an advisor, he's an adversary. 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 That is, that's satire. That's, hey. So basically... We have three minutes. So Haman (laughs) is, this bad guy's like a Canaanite. Just before we carry on, do you think they get what we meant earlier about the drinking thing? 
Because we could always do another example. We'll do one at the end. Okay. Because we just need to tell a story. So Haman basically hates the Jewish people. He hates Jews. He doesn't like them. And he is brought to a position of power where he makes a decree that there will be a day in the future when everyone is just going to kill all of the Jews. And he decides what day this is going to be by rolling a dice. And it lands on a certain day and he says it's the 13th day of this month. We're going to go out and kill all the Jews. And he holds a banquet with Xerxes the king to celebrate this new this new move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he kind of goes up to Xerxes and just goes, uh, I would like to give you some money if you let me do this. Xerxes says, keep the money and do with the people as you please. Because he's kind of not really paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly through love blindness, we don't know. Love blindness or gonorrhea blindness. Exactly. So Esther catches wind of this. And plots with Mordecai to stop this decree from happening, stop this day from happening or maybe reversing it somehow. Mm -hmm. So what she does is she holds her own banquet and says, and the purpose of that banquet is to say, I'm going to start holding banquets. So Esther holds this banquet for the king and for Haman and says, I'm going to start holding all these banquets. And the purpose of this banquet is to say, come to my next banquet. Come to my next banquet. And we've all been there. Yeah. So the king and uh, Haman get really drunk and Haman basically wanders away and says that he's going to kill all the Jews, but specifically Mordecai. He has real issue with Mordecai and he demands that they build a giant, it's like an apparatus. It's basically like a giant pike, a big spiky wooden spike that they're going to put Mordecai on on the day when they kill all the, all the Jews. So then that's what he does when he wanders away from the banquet. But what happens to the king is he goes to bed and can't sleep. So he orders one of his servants to read from a book, which is basically the book of his own life. Yeah. It's like, like the, things the that happened, of history. Things that happened to him. Yeah. yeah. And uh, as it happens, he reads this story to the king about how Mordecai once saved the king's life. Well, that's what happens earlier in the book. Before Haman comes in, there is a cool story about how Mordecai is sitting at the king's gate and uncovers a conspiracy to take down the king. Yeah. Mordecai then uh, uh, alerted Esther to it, and it was, stop. Yeah. This was recorded in the book. Yeah. And then this is the way that king kind of finds out about it, is that he goes, oh, that was Mordecai the whole time. I really like this king. Yeah. Apart so that... from the whole virgin element. Yeah. So then what happens is Haman is ordered not to kill Mordecai, but to celebrate him and parade him around the city. And he, like... Just he's told to like lead the parade for Mordecai. Yeah, and everyone cheers for Mordecai and praises him. And Haman has to stand there, being like, "I don't want to kill this guy. What the fuck is going on?" Yeah. And then it's time for Esther's next banquet, the main one. And this is where Esther and Mordecai have had some talks and been like, "Should we reveal that we're Jewish now? Because then that might save us." They decide maybe it's not the safest thing to do, but she says she will do it if she has to. And she reveals to the king. She says, "Haman's been." plotting to kind of go underhand here and kill all the Jews and he's he's kind of leading your people now. He's he's taken your power away and he's going to kill all the Jews and it's making Haman out to be the villain in, in the eyes of the king for the first time. Mm-hmm. So what the king does is he says, fuck that guy, let's put him on that giant pike. <laughs> <laughs> so the big stick that Haman built to kill Mordecai the king then puts Haman on and stabs him right up the butt. Right up the butt. He I mean, those him... that, that is in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, right between his precious crack. Here it is. Uh, after these things did King 
Um, Xerxes say, pop it right up his butt. Pop it right up his butt. And thine up he did, and unto the donkey thine did see. Thou art bleeding from thine sphincter. And then there's, uh, if you put your mouth to the bottom of the pike and you let the blood dribble in your eye, that's another way you can drink. That's another way you can drink. Uh, so now the problem is, just something to wrap up, the law that's in place, the king can't reverse it. He can't decree something and then have it reversed. The only thing they can do is put in another law that might help combat that. Mm-hmm. And it's literally to help combat that, because what they do is they say... With the help of Esther and Mordecai, they make a new decree and say, on the day when you're going to kill all the Jews, that's fine. But it's also very legal for the Jews to defend themselves and kill you. And anyone, anyone who is an enemy of the Jewish people is, is basically up for the chop that day. Because if you come for them, they'll come for you harder. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens. That's the day what arrives. Happens. And <laughs> the, purge. the enemies of the it's basically the purge. Yeah, the yeah. enemies of the Jews <clears throat> are wiped out more or less. Like the Israelites kill, fight it back. It says they kill seventy five thousand. Yeah, and the Jews insane. kill seventy five thousand. It's insane. And then they hold a big feast. They hold one big, one more big party that goes over like two days. And it's in the it's in the honor of Esther and what she's done to save the Israelite people. And it's called Purim. Yeah. yeah, you know why it's called Purim? Because it's Purim? Uh-huh. Because the dice, a dice is called a pure. Right. So the dice that was decided for what day this was going to happen, that's what this feast is all about. So then they do that, and then Esther and Xerxes live together, and Mordecai's given like a bunch of power. He's basically made like the new Haman. Yes. And uh, then they decide that they're going to protect the Jewish people and have all these parties every year. And that's how Purim exists. That's like the the start of this banquet. That's the start of this banquet. Well, it's been a heck of a ride. Shame to wrap it up this early. Because there's people knocking at the door. There are people coming to my door in three minutes. And we spent a long time just explaining to you fucking morons how you can drink. I mean, what can I say? I guess you get the audience you're dealt. Exactly. Right. Um, Elliot, out. this has been a great pod. It's been absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Uh, can't wait for the next one, which yeah. is basically a spin-off. Because what we're going to do for the next episode is Job. Job. And Job takes place away from israel yeah it's not it's not a part of that story all the israelites aren't in job it takes place in another time in another place following this guy called yeah. Job. and here's the first five minutes of that they'll be coming up after the bit and then obviously this the last five minutes you've heard will be at the beginning of the next one of course yeah of course. just in case you forget just 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 keep us all just so we all know where we're going okay? thanks for listening everyone keep leaving those sweet reviews for us because we've very much enjoyed them and thank it helps, you it helps us tenfold uh tell all your friends about it Tell one of your friends. Go and see Sean on tour. Go, go and see, see me on tour. Solo theatre show. Go and get his album. Yeah. Donald Trump's a fish. Fucking <laughs> hell. Whizbang and the Kid Read the Bible was brought to you by Whizbang. A blow. And a kid. Woo! All music by Ms. Petricor, all artwork by Ryan Weekman. It's brought to you by Bible Corp, the grooviest company in the world, bruv. And you can follow us on BiblePod on Twitter. And uh, you keep being sweet, baby. You keep being sweet. Wrap it up. Baby. Wrap it up. Keep being sweet. Why are you packing everything away? <laughs> keep being sweet, everyone. Okay, you keep being sweet. You keep being the sweetest little baby you can be.